Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 32, I can't read, of the Suicide of the Suicide Squad. No, this is this is not the Suicide Squad. Keep going. Squad. Let's do it. This is episode 32 of Cinema Rogues. Uh, apparently, the awkward intro is contagious among the Red, Retro Warriors family. It always happens at some point. Yeah, I saw Justin in person, and like three weeks later, I'm fumbling intros. There you go. That's what you do. Got to follow in daddy's footsteps. <laughs> Oh, please don't make me call him Danny. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, welcome back. Uh, this episode's probably a week later than than our previous episodes, um, or than what you were expecting, because uh, we were both kind of feeling like, no, we didn't want to record last week, so we didn't. Yeah, it's probably Podcast for the best. Clifford. Yeah, that is probably for the best. Um... If you want to hear more, Andrew, uh, check out Board Game Barbarians, uh, putting out solid content once a month, right? Yeah, once a month, getting it out there, usually at the edge of our seats uh, every month, because I forget sometimes. (laughs) Uh, Well, it makes for interesting recording sessions, right? Yeah. Hey, man, you want to record? I have to put it up in two days. I need something now. Uh, You can check out my Twitch channel. TV thing, Sightail Studios, uh, mostly streaming these days. I was going to put videos of the stuff that I'm streaming, but um, I feel like that puts on pressure pressure on me, and I don't want to do it, so I don't. There you go. No pressure. Um, and then, as always, listen to Retro Warriors, um, the, the podcast that birthed us. They uh, do retro video games, if you haven't heard of them, and um, they do them pretty well. Yes. Uh, I want to be a guest host this week. Oh, nice! How'd you yeah. how'd you score that? Because they're doing a topic. Uh, they're doing Neverwinter Nights. Oh, nice! And they were like, "Hey, you play Neverwinter Nights with us, and Saturn hates uh, PC games." So there okay. you go. You got it. Um. Anyway, let's get into what we've been doing since last time. Um. I finally watched the trial of the Chicago Seven. I still need to watch that. Oh, I thought you had watched it. No, I was I was going to, and then I didn't. Oh well. Yeah. <laughs> that happens on a lot of movies. Yeah, it does. Oh. I was like, I'm gonna watch this movie. Nope. I watched. I've watched Ted Lasso up to the most recent episode, and I think that's either four or five now. Yeah, me too. Good stuff. Yeah, it is good stuff. I like it. They they had a Christmas episode that was really good. Um, and then I will always contend that Ted Lasso is one of the most wholesome shows around. It's a great show. It's great content. I enjoy watching it. Yeah. You should, uh, look into that Apple TV plus it's almost worth it. Yeah. For the one show. Right. Uh, Although they are doing, um, the foundation series or whatever. Oh. Oh, okay. Well, Isaac Asimov wrote like some books back in like the thirties or forties. Oh yeah. Called foundation, which is basically the premise of that book is there's a mathematician who in the far future predicts what's uh, like galactic events for the next 3000 years. And it's just him being right over and over again. And it's pretty great. (laughs) Uh, Like he sets up this like hollow recording that plays like once every thousand years. And it's like, here's what should have happened by now. Nice. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, and then I watched Space Jam: A New Legacy uh, finally with my child. I did I mention I watched that last time? 
I know I've watched uh, I've watched no, I, it. Yeah, I think you did because you you said that Emily was like there's not even space in here and you're oh, like yeah. there's like, cyber cyberspace. Yeah. Um did you did you use that line on your kid? No. Like I <laughs> I was watching it wondering like like I know a bunch of it's going over his head. But it did solve the problem of me trying to figure out why in the hell he's like super into like wanting to get into Rick and Morty. Yeah. He's eight. I'm like, how do you even know Rick and Morty? Yeah, that's weird. Like in Space Jam. Really? Yeah, because Rick shows up. Oh, yeah. For like a, like a minute. Yeah. And so he recognizes him and then he sees Rick and Morty on like Rick and Morty license crap. And he's like, oh, hey. I'm like, No. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. Yeah. And then there were a couple of things like that. Like there was the um Wiley Coyote like witness me thing from uh Oh yeah, I loved that. That was great. Yeah. It was funny, but I don't think an eight year old's gonna get it. Nope. No, that was that was definitely for the adults. That was great, man. But I like I liked all the little different universes and 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 the way that they threw that all together. I thought it it was a fun movie. It's it's not a it's not a grown up movie, but it has you know it's it, it's like on the I'm trying to think of another like kids movie that we talked about, but like it's like lower tier kids movie than say like Spider Man Into the Spider Verse or even like Sonic. I you feel know, it's like, like those yeah. movies are not like. I wouldn't consider those kid movies. Right. Yeah. But Space Jam definitely was like a kid's movie. Yeah, it was a kid-oriented family movie, I guess. Yeah. Um. Anyway, what have you been up to? What have you been watching? Uh, I finally saw One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Never seen it before. Um, really? Never? Never saw it. We We had been... Well, my wife and I wanted to watch the... Nurse Ratchet show on Netflix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're like, we should probably watch, you know, the movie that it's based on before we watch the television show. Uh, and for one, we don't really understand why, like, they made a whole series about Nurse Ratchet because she's not, she's, you know, not to be crash. She's just a bitch. Like, she's not like evil or anything. <laughs> like, she's just a controlling person. Like. <laughs> So we don't really understand like why they made the show where it seems like she's an evil like person. Um, but we'll maybe we'll watch the show. We haven't we haven't started the show, so maybe we'll see where that goes. But it was good, good movie. A little bit you know outdated for its time, but sure. Um, it's funny after watching because I didn't watch it till I was in my thirties, I think. After watching it, a lot of Simpsons references suddenly made sense. <laughs> Yeah. Well, there's also uh, there's the scene where he comes like after he gets uh, the electroshock therapy for the first time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he walks in and he's all like brain scattered, like acts like he doesn't know where he's at. Uh huh. And uh, I was like, oh man, that scene from Heavyweights makes sense now. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, watch Predator for the first time. Also, a couple first times. Never seen Predator before. That was an all right movie. I don't know that I've seen Predator all the way through since I was like eight. Yeah, I'd never seen it at all before. So this was a first time for me and my wife watched that. Justin made us watch it. So 
he didn't make us. We were like, hey, do you want to watch a movie? And he was like, yeah. And then he was like, have you guys seen Predator? And we're like, no. And he was like, well, we're going to watch Predator now. I feel like, uh, I don't feel like that was an appropriate movie for an eight-year-old to see. Yeah, probably not. Um, But, but like, back in the day, like, I don't know if it was just because everything was on VHS on, like, smaller screens. But it seems like once stuff hit video, it was like all ages were exposed to it. Yeah, well, I, I also feel like now, like, it's so tame compared to things that come out now that I feel like an eight-year-old could watch it and be fine. <laughs> I mean, you, you came out okay, so. Oh, well, thank you. I it appreciate you saying that. Obviously didn't do too much damage to you. <laughs> um, I watched uh, season nine of American Horror Story. Nice. I never right. got past season two. We we've like slowly been making our way through it. Season nine was good until like a certain point, and then it kind of just got dumb, which is kind of how all of the seasons are. Like they're <laughs> kind of good to a point, and then they just they go off the rails. Uh, watched all yeah, of. Sh- go ahead. Sorry, I was, I was gonna say I I don't remember the actor's name. Oh no, it's it's Dylan McDermott, right? He's in the first season. I don't no. know if he's in any of the other seasons. But he played like the the dad or husband or whatever. Oh yeah, he's season. he's actually in the later seasons. Oh nice! Like he shows well, up, uh, like he's in the first season, and then he shows up in like the eighth and the ninth seasons for some reason. Yeah, probably because he needed a paycheck, I would guess. Yeah, I would guess. But so. like, the whole time he's on there, like I, I, like I'm watching it, and every time he pops up, I th- can't remember if his name is Dylan McDermott or uh, Dermot McDillon. Yeah, I can't remember the other guy's name. God damn it. Oh, well, the point point being that I spend like the majority of his screen time trying to figure out if what his name is rather than watch the show. I do that with a lot of actors, but that's just because I'm bad with names. Oh, Dermot Mulroney. Oh, I don't even know who that is. Oh, well, you should Google him eventually, I guess. I don't know. One one day I will. One day. All right, go ahead. Sorry. I watched all of Schmigadoo. Which is, is another it done with the first season or whatever? Yeah, it was only like six episodes. Uh, yeah, I caught oh. pieces of it while while Kristen was watching it. Um, I don't think it's. I don't know if they'll do another season because it kind of oh. it ended in a way that was. They would have either had another episode or they would have, like, it's done kind of a thing. Interesting. So, yeah, I think it's only like six, seven episodes. Uh, but it was good. If you like uh, old style musicals, I don't know how. I'm not like a huge musical buff person, uh, but mm-hmm. my but my wife is, and she was sitting there through a lot of the songs, and she's like, I don't know how they're legally getting away with these songs because <laughs> they're so like the songs that they're based off of. Mm-hmm. Like they're so similar that they would get into legal trouble. So the only thing she can think of is that like, um what is parody law maybe is they're getting away with it through parody law but like uh-huh. there's there's one song that it's like uh some of the words are the exact same and that the melody is literally the exact same um so if you're into old musicals i would definitely highly recommend that show and it was even if you're not like me i'm not like i like musicals but i'm not like a huge musical buff um and i enjoyed it a lot so, uh, other than that, Brooklyn Nine Nine's back. 
super happy about that. It's the last season. Yeah, I need to catch that show. I think I will eventually. It's a good show, man. They they postponed this season because of everything that's been happening with police officers. Ah, so, that makes some sense. And so they're like, well, we they basically scrapped their entire season plan that they had and rewrote the season to try to basically do some social commentary about why it's important to uh punish or punish someone that's or i guess reprimand a police officer that's done a shitty job i guess would be the way to do it or that has done something wrong anyway did Andy um, sandberg kill someone no he doesn't kill someone <laughs> they don't they don't do anything that <laughs> like that oh yeah. well fine. why are you why are you sad <laughs> I don't know, because I feel like if anybody can do something like that tastefully funny, it's probably that team. I don't, I don't know from, if any, anyone can do that tastefully funny. From what I hear, they do a good job of social commentary on that show. Oh, yeah, they definitely do. And that, that's like the later seasons have all like, like it kind of, I, I kind of don't like it because you're sitting there and you're like, you're teaching a message and I just, I just want a funny show. Like I don't want, <laughs> I don't want to learn anything. <laughs> anyway, that's that's been my couple weeks. All right, well then let's go on to news. Uh, Luis Guzman to play Gomez Adams in Tim Burton's Wednesday series. I don't know how I feel about that. Elaborate. I like Luis Guzman. I've liked him in everything he's been in that I've seen. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And I like him as an actor, but I don't know if he would make a good. Gomez like I can't picture him as Gomez I mean he seems to fit the sort of he doesn't okay I'll say that he doesn't seem to fit the classic TV and movie Gomez's right right he fits like the comic like short dubby yeah Gomez and like the cartoon that they had yeah the, um, new, the newest movie uh Oh yeah, I forgot about the movie. No, I meant the like cartoon from the nineties. Oh yeah, yeah. He doesn't fit the the nineties movies, Gomez for sure. But I don't know. We'll see how it goes. We'll just we'll just see how it goes. I know I, that my thought when I heard it was like, why do they get a Hispanic man to play Gomez? And then I was like, oh right, because his name is Gomez. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's a great, great thought process. There. My response was Louise Guzman. That's a weird choice. I like your response better. Uh, yeah, no, I was accidentally racist in that moment. My bad. <laughs> uh, Sony and Amazon make a $100 million deal to skip theaters and go direct to Amazon with Hotel Transylvania 4. Okay. Those movies, like, I haven't seen any of them, so I really can't comment on their quality, but they seem to be doing well, and I, I, I think Justin enjoyed them. I've never seen any of them. Yeah, I don't know. But, like, to me, it's like Adam Sandler doing a cartoon that sounds kind of awful, but apparently they're doing well, well, you know, well enough for, for them not to go into theaters with it. And for having four movies. Yeah. Which I know, like back in the day, like Lambda Four Time Four straight to DV or straight to tape or whatever was 
not high quality movie, but th- this seems to be a different situation. Yeah, I feel like we're in a new landscape of uh, releasing straight to streaming being okay. Like it's yeah, kind of slowly coming that way. Even with HBO saying they're not going to do it next year or whatever. Or whatever. Or whatever. Uh, the Green Knight coming early to streaming purchase and rental it is available six days ago. Yeah. Yeah, or eight days ago, whatever. So by the time this comes out, it's been on, it's been available. I think the original plan was for it to come out sometime in September or October, uh, but they moved it up. Uh, mm-hmm. Snake Eyes is releasing early on digital. It's available now as well. Um, news, not news. We just did news. Topic. Topic. Our topic today is the Suicide Squad, as you may remember from our intro of the Suicide Squad. Oh, we're keeping that? All right. Yeah. Cool. Now you have to keep it because I said it. And you yeah, said thanks. it. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, synopsis. A group of supervillain convicts are assembled to go infiltrate the island uh, island country of Corto Maltese. Things don't really go according to plan. If the first part of that seems familiar, it's because it is. Um, released on August 5th on HBO Max, same day as theaters. Yeah. Uh, it's been in development since 2016, uh, but with the underperformance of Suicide Squad, David Ayer decided he wanted to do other things. And um, originally, uh, Warner tapped Mel Gibson to to direct the sequel. Ah, uh, fucking gross. <laughs> right. Uh, thankfully, he dropped out due to scheduling conflicts. Yeah, Jesus, thank you. Uh, yeah, I don't. Yeah, never mind. Were you going to make a Passion of the Christ joke? I was. <laughs> I was. Um, uh, and then there was this weird time where Jane, where Disney said, nope, James Gunn, you had a weird tweet. We didn't like it. Uh, so they fired James Gunn after yeah. two successful Guardians of the Galaxy movies and turned, I forget who they turned to to, to develop Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Do you remember uh, off the top of your head? No, but they turned back to James Gunn, so that's all that matters. Right. Um, so in between uh, Guardians of the Galaxy movies, James Gunn signed on well, to do this movie. Was it Taika Waititi that they turned to? Because that was during the time that the Thor Ragnarok came out. And it, it was successful, so they were like, Taika Waititi, you do it. And he was like, I don't think I can do as good a job as James Gunn. Ah. I think I don't remember. Well, we, we'll take it as gospel fact here. It's what we do. Okay, no, don't do that. <laughs> uh, but apparently, WB wanted him to direct a new Superman movie, but uh, James Gunn was like, "No, no, thank you." And yeah. And they said, "Okay, well, what do you want to do?" And he goes, "Can I do a Suicide Squad movie?" And they said, "Yes." Which is weird, because usually they make bad choices. Right. Uh, So, directed by James Gunn, written by James Gunn, starring Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn, Idris Elba as Bloodsport, Joel Kinnaman as Rick Flagg, and John Cena as the Peacemaker. I just looked it up. I was right. Taika Waititi was uh, looked at for Guardians 3, but turned it down. There you go. Confirmed. Uh, supporting roles, Viola Davis as Amanda Waller, again, David Sastmalkian as Polka Dot Man, 
Daniela Melchior as Ratcatcher 2. Uh, I didn't put on here, but Taika Waititi is Ratcatcher. That's true. Uh, Peter Capaldi is the thinker, and Sylvester Stallone is King Shark. It took me a while to realize that that was Peter Capaldi for some reason. Oh, yeah? I thought you were going to say Sylvester Stallone, because I never realized that watching oh, this movie. I knew that before I watched the movie. So I had insider information about the cast. <laughs> oh, insider information. By oh, that, I, guess I mean, I looked at IMDb. I guess we didn't talk about it in news, but the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer dropped. Oh, yeah. It finally came out after a million years of people wanting it. Right. Like, I don't know where the expectation for the for that trailer coming out came, but all of a sudden people are like, why is there no trailer? I think it's because the movie is probably going to come out this year, isn't it? Yeah, it's uh, November, I think. Yeah. Or so December. Like, it's a couple months before that movie comes out and there's no trailer, which is weird. I guess. I don't know. I haven't seen it. I've done my best to avoid it. Like, as soon as I see something sort of Spider-Man related, I immediately tell tell Facebook, don't show me anything like this ever again. Well, let me tell you what it's all about. I fuck you. <clears throat> I will I will cancel your ticket. What? That's rude. Uh, anyway, no, I wouldn't do that. That's mean. But so is spoiling movies. I mean... I couldn't spoil the whole movie. I could spoil the trailer for you. Right. Let me, but let me just say this. Spider-Man's in it, okay? Right. All right. Okay. Did that spoil anything? Uh, no, I didn't. But anyway, so back, back to the movie we were talking about. Just so people know that Spider-Man trailer's out. You can go see it if you want. Um, Rotten Tomatoes, 91% on Rotten Tomatoes and 83% audience score. Uh, 72 Metacritic, 7.2 audience. It's weird that so the seems... audience score is lower to me. What? It's weird that the audience score is lower to me. Yeah. On Ron Tomatoes. Because usually it's like the other way around. I mean, you're not wrong. Yeah, I'm not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> um, You know, I thought it was a fun, gory adventure. The characters were great and the story was okay to good. But it was way better than Suicide Squad. Yeah, than the original. Yeah, like a million percent better. What do you think? Uh, I thought from the start of the film, it earns its name, and uh, the blood and gore and violence continues from there. Uh, I thought it was well-written, well-directed, definitely worth your time. Uh, But yeah, I watched it twice before. Oh, nice. You have? Yeah, I watched it once with my wife, and then I, a week later I watched it again before we were supposed to record last week. Nice. Uh, I thought about watching it again this week. I, I rewatched that Harley fight scene um, yep. in the middle of the movie. The uh, colorful one? Ma- yeah, the colorful one. Um, just to kind of... Well, we'll get into it. Yeah. I actually have stuff about this written down. Um so would you suggest we people watch it if you've watched it twice? I mean, I would say it's definitely worth it if you've got HBO Max and probably worth like just getting HBO Max for a month. Like it's basically a movie rental at that point. Like Either rent it or get HBO Max for a month and enjoy other stuff too. Because there's a bunch of other stuff on HBO Max that's worth it. Yeah. We're, I, not, I would... we're not sponsored by HBO Max. yet i just said hbo max so many times that i didn't want anybody to think that we were sponsored by them 
Oh, okay. This is not a paid ad. Yeah. We we only get the... We're not getting the HBO Max amount of money for this episode. Yeah. Um, What was I going to say? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, I, you know, I think it's good, too. Um... I agree with with everything you said. Uh, I think this is probably the best WB or WB DC movie that we've had in a while. I mean, it, it depends on if you count the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League because that that was pretty good. But I don't know how that fits into new DC, right? Even if that's con- even with that considered a new DC movie, I would still say this is a like better. Than, I would say it's better than that. Yeah, for sure. Mainly because, uh, you know, the Snyder cuts four fucking hours long. <laughs> yeah. This one felt longer. Uh, and not longer than four hours, but it felt longer than its running time for one re- for some reason. Really, it felt like just right. I would I would watch the was it David Ayer's cut, which is supposed mm-hmm. to be like three hours. I'd watch that Suicide Squad. I'd watch his vision. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, well, let's get into spoilers and um, talk about this movie. Yeah. Spoiler zone. Spoiler zone. Spoilers. Well, to spoil the very beginning, uh, I I liked that it's an actual suicide mission. Like the first 20 minutes is just like the hero, well, I guess villains dying on a suicide mission. Yeah. But uh, I I thought that was nice. Yeah, no, nice I thought touch. that I thought that was good. I think they used it to to great great effect. Um, I mean, I think James Gunn played on, you know, the expectation that you already sort of knew what the setup was, right? With with the original Suicide Squad, um, and and sort of played on the expectations of here we're gathering the team. Here's what it is. Blah blah blah. I mean, I always felt like it was a goofy team, right? Right. Uh, and it didn't seem like something was necessarily uh, going to develop of it. Uh, but I didn't expect it to go the direction it did by any means. Yeah, I didn't expect them all to die. I know whenever I watch the trailer and it's like, meet the Suicide Squad, and there's like 15 of them or whatever. Yeah. I was like, how are they going to make 15 of them work in a movie? And it turns out they didn't. They didn't make it work. They just killed them at the very beginning. Um, I thought uh, Boomerang dying... Captain Boomerang, because mm-hmm. um, he's usually like a uh, Suicide Squad staple. Like yeah, the new yeah, the, yeah. the new video game that's coming out, he's one of the main characters in the new video game. Um, and I'm pretty sure in the comics, he's one of the main Suicide Squad members. So it's kind of weird that they killed him off right in the very beginning. Is his name Boomerang? I think it's Captain Boomerang. Is it Captain Boomerang? Is there Captain Boomerang in Marvel? I don't think so. Because there's some dude that lives with Spider-Man now that I'm pretty sure is Captain Boomerang. Captain Boomerang is the DC Comics. Uh, Hmm. Yeah, then I don't know. Oh, maybe his name is just Boomerang in Marvel Comics. Yeah, that's what it is. Okay. Uh, Captain Boomerang is DC, but... Yeah, it was kind of weird that they killed him off in the very, very beginning. Because the other, like, I'm not, like, I like DC Comics, and for the most part, I read DC Comics or read DC Comics. Um, but there's a lot of people, like, I know who Polka Dot Man was. 
before this. I didn't know who the javelin was or uh, was it TDK? Uh, detachable arms guy or whatever? Yeah. Uh, I didn't know who that was beforehand. Um, which Nathan Fillion lost some weight for this movie. He's looking <laughs> good. But yeah, what did you uh what did you have? Um all sorts of stuff. I okay, so Harley Quinn. Um I guess to get the big uh I feel like Harley Quinn is one of the 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 major characters in 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 the movie and in DC uh a major DC franchise character at this point, right? Yeah. Um, you know, she's up there, uh, you know, when you, she's been in multiple movies, um, and, and, and seems to be a major part of, of, of the DCEU, uh, point, point being, um, that, that I, that it almost feels like, you know, these movies are Harley Quinn movies more than they are, you know, birds of prey or, or suicide squad or whatever. And I feel like that was mitigated a lot in this movie. Um, I loved her dress. I love the way that, that, uh, in that fight scene, you know, how it got ripped up and how, um, you know, it became part of the flow of the action and, and I don't know. It was just really neat. I, I liked her outfits. Yeah. They're, I like they're more comic accurate. I mean the dress. Well, maybe not the dress, but not, like, not so much, but, uh, but her, her outfit, uh, her, what is it? Task force X outfit was, was more themed off the, the comic, her jester outfit. Right. Yeah. Uh, I, I would agree with that. I also liked that. I, I don't know. Um, most of her scenes were very colorful. So you had the whole fight scene with her, um, that was like flowers and colorful flowers in her dress and everything. Um, and then you also had whenever she stabbed Starro in the eye at the very end, that's a very colorful scene as well. So they really used color with her a lot. I was watching a breakdown of that fight scene, um, that was talking about the music and you kind of have a note about the music here. Um, how the music in the movie, uh, is very, I forget the word, uh, maybe it's exogenic, uh, but basically it means that the movie comes from an outside source. Uh, uh or, I mean, the music comes from an outside source in the movie. Diogenic. Yeah. Is that what it is? It's non-diogenic and diogenic sound. I can't remember which one of them is the person in the movie can hear it. And, uh, the other is that the person watching the movie can only hear it. Right. So the one that is the person in the movie can hear it is how the, that music in that scene is presented. Cause it starts out, she's singing the song. So, you know, it's playing in her head. Yeah. Um, and you know, as the, as the sort of fight scene starts and starts ramping up the, the music, the audience can hear the music. And at the same time, the, the visuals become, uh, much more cartoonized, I guess, uh, more colorful. And so it's, it's this like, seems like this representation of you entering into Harley's mind and seeing what she sees and how she sees violence as this like beautiful thing. Um, and I think the, the color palette that they used for that scene and, and the way that they did that was really neat. And I, and I, and I can see how uh, I can see what they, it's one of those things where I can see what the artist was going for in you know, James Gunn in this case. Um, it's because the execution was so good that even somebody who's not, somebody like me who's not really great on picking up that sort of stuff um what you know it came through to me yeah i mean james gunn is always really great at sound and music in general i mean look at 
that's all the Guardians of the Galaxy movies are, or him knowing what songs to use and what songs work well and you know resonate well with viewers. Um, so the to for anyone that's wondering, so we actually clarify: diagenic sound is sound music that comes from within the movie. So the person that is in the movie is also listening to it. So if the song is like on the radio in the movie, that's diagenic. Non-diagenic is like music that the audience hears but isn't heard in the movie. There you go. Lesson um, lesson for you. Uh, I liked Peacemaker. Um, I like the scene where he stabs that guy like 50 times whenever they're infiltrating <laughs> the camp and he just walks by him and just stabs him like nonchalant like five or six times. That's, that was pretty funny. That whole scene was pretty funny. Uh, it, the end of that scene is what made this. Like the the scene was pretty good, right? Like just them casually like strolling through the village, like killing everybody. Yeah. But then like if I get Rick Flag being like, no, those are the good guys. Yeah, and they're like, oh, oh. um, <laughs> yeah. I apparently I I've heard a rumor that they're gonna make a Peacemaker show for HBO. Yeah, it's I saw something about that. Um I don't know. I like they they the after credit scene shows Peacemaker like, you know, being alive. He's I think he's in a coma, but he's alive in a hospital bed. Um so so I think they they do have plans to use him, you know, in the future or whatever. Um but I can't, you know, he doesn't seem to be like a redeemable character by any means, you know. He's kind of an asshole. Um, he doesn't have he doesn't have a whole lot of good qualities. I enjoyed the way that he was played and his unrepentantness. Yeah, um, and you well, know, he's there and, for peace, no matter yeah, the cost. No matter the cost, and like you know, I appreciate the way that John Cena played him, and I and you know, I I don't know if he can support his own sort of movie or show or whatever, but I guess we'll see. Yeah, I guess I guess we we will see. I did want to say in the very beginning of the movie. Uh, King Shark swims like a normal human. I didn't notice that. Like you see you see the aerial view of them swimming to the island and it shows mm-hmm. like the the heat vision shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like swimming like a normal person. And my wife's like, "Well, he has arms and legs." And I'm like, "Yeah, but he's also still got a fin and he's a shark. Like you think he would swim like a shark through the water?" but he doesn't. Huh. I want to say that he doesn't, he swims like a shark in like the flash, the TV series. Probably, but I'm saying in this movie, he does not. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think of it. Cause yeah, now that you mentioned it, like again, I didn't, I didn't notice that like that he was using his arms or whatever. Um, so now it's got me wondering, well, what did he do in the flash? And I think he just kicked his feet real fast. Kind of like Aquaman. Weird. That's weird. I liked Sebastian the Rat. I liked Sebastian. I liked the Rat Catcher, and I liked Taika Waititi, and the, I like both Rat Catchers. I guess I liked Sebastian. He was very cute. Very cute. He rat. was. It was rude that nobody said hi to him. Right? Nobody ever waved or shook his hand. What a bunch of jerks. Um, um I like I like King Shark uh, in in the same sort of. He's he's cute. He's a giant man shark, and he's cute. Um, you know, like when he goes up to like, when he makes that little like plastic explosive peacemaker. Oh yeah. Peacemaker. 
That was pretty great. This when I thought he died, I was the saddest. Oh, I didn't think he died at any point. Oh. Yeah, no, I thought when he got knocked out of the building, he was gone. No, she mentioned, uh, I don't really know that much about King Shark, but when she mentioned he was basically a demigod, I was like, oh, okay, so he can't die at all. Um, This movie is very gory. Can we talk about that? It's super gory. Yeah, go ahead. Like, like just like, the, I mean, King Shark at one point rips a dude in half. Uh, and you see like his insides, mm-hmm. um, just so many explosions, body parts flying off, stabbing gunshots. It's just a, it's a really, it was gorier than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. That's, you know what? That's how I felt about, uh, army of the dead. Really? Yeah. I don't, I thought it was a zombie movie. So I was like zombie movie gore. That's, you know, whatever. Yeah, I thought it was going to be zombie movie gore, whatever, but it was extreme. Like, it was way more gory than I thought it was going to be. Oh. I mean, I feel like I I don't think this movie is as gory as that movie, but it's kind of up there. But I think my expectation for gore of the movie was something like Guardians of the Galaxy Plus, right? Yeah. Well, now you know what Guardians of the Galaxy could be if they made it rated R. I don't know. I don't really have that much more to talk about it. I mean, we already kind of mentioned my points. Music was great. Uh, the comedy was great, just like any other James Gunn movie. Um, what else? Uh, I don't really think Starro was made out to be a bad guy in this movie. Yeah, it seemed it's. Yeah, I don't think he yeah. was a bad guy until he started like taking people over. Right. Well, even then, you kind of feel for the guy. He's been like trapped in a bunker for 30 years being tortured like what would you do you would like escape and start like smashing people (laughs) well i want to know how he got out in space in the first place and if he can't just fly back well i mean i guess he can't now he's like super dead but right i don't know i don't know Starro's background i think he was an experiment hmm. uh but i know he's usually a justice league villain not a suicide squad villain so that was kind of a a weird twist interesting um yeah i mean i kind of want to talk about task task force x a little um i mean we talked about nathan fillion's character and i thought he i thought his character was funny just because he was kind of generic and dumb uh yeah <laughs> like i liked that when he took his arms off and he was just like basically more or less like slapping the the people with yeah his, he was like, disconnected like just arms. hitting them like he wasn't actually taking a gun or anything <laughs> And I love like how much in pain he was when his arms were getting shot. <laughs> yeah. Like he's not getting shot, but his arms are, and he's still like screaming. Uh, I forgot about that. Uh, Weasel was one of my favorite things in the movie. Yeah, I guess uh, James Gunn's brother will do anything for him. I get, what, do you, what do you mean by that? He was Weasel. Oh, he, he was the guy in the suit for Weasel, not like in the in the motion capture suit yeah yeah yeah. he was also in the prison at at that one scene where he like makes fun of somebody i can't remember who oh nice but he mocks somebody uh but yeah he's the guy and he does uh he also does all of the motion capture for rocket oh i didn't know that yep yeah i thought i thought weasel was was a funny character um i'm glad that the after credits scene showed him like alive and well, I guess. Yeah, I feel like James Gunn's brother, I can't remember his name. Uh Bob Gunn. No, it's not Bob Gunn. 
Uh, but I feel like his curses, he's like, I want to be in movies. And James Gunn's like, I'll put you in movies. Um, and then Michael Rooker, uh, I thought was, was played a neat character, I guess. Uh, Sean Gunn. Ah, there you go. Sean Gunn. Um, uh, I don't really have a lot to say about that, about him other than like, he looked weird with that long blonde wig. Yeah, for sure. Did look a little bit weird. I also don't understand like his motivation for swimming backwards when he knew that he was going to get his head blown off. He was just scared, man. I guess so, but I feel like my choices are like get my head blown off. I guess that's like instant death versus getting shot a bunch. Yeah, a bunch of little instant deaths. I don't know. I don't really have much. The story is really good. We didn't really go into it, but... No, I mean, the story took a few twists and turns um, that, like I said, were unexpected. We didn't even talk about Idris Elba. Like, he's like the the main character or whatever, and, and... yeah, I did like that they didn't make him like my main problem with or my one of my main problems with the original Suicide Squad movie is that it's all about Deadshot. Yeah, yeah. When yeah. I when I think it should have been about the whole team. And I like that they made this movie like Adris Elba's character is at the forefront, but it's still about the whole team. It's not just about him. And I feel like the the WB or the the yeah the Warner Brothers cut of the original Suicide Squad basically just put Deadshot front and center, and I think that was a mistake. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, you know, I like seeing Rick Flag back. It sucks that he died, um, but I like Joel Kinnaman he died? as an actor. <laughs> yeah, you missed that part of the movie. Oh man, no, I'm, I remember. Uh, but yeah, no, I i liked having him there i liked i liked the connection to the old movie it felt like you had sort of a um you know a longer time with him as a character than you really did yeah um, and you're like a bridge yeah even though you know, harley I mean, and, and harley's there but but to have captain them both together, there I, yeah and along with captain boomerang and that's why it was so shocking that he died right off the bat right right because there was a sort of expectation of oh well maybe he's going to be in this movie because he was in the other one and that it made his death really sad and you could, you know, I was, it was one of those deaths where the character sees it coming and that was sad to me. Yeah. It was very, it was, well, it was also very sudden. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It was sudden and resigned. (laughs) Yeah. Agreed. He's like, Oh, well shit. Um, but yeah, I guess that's really it. Like you said, um, you know, go, go see it. I, I, it was enjoyable, uh, you know, or, or watch it on HBO max or whatever. Um, it's, it's, it's worth it. Uh, yeah, I, <laughs> I don't know why it sounds I'm, like you're grasping for I'm straws. Just, I'm just grasping for straws here. Cause I don't know where I want to go with the show. There's right now. so many um, straws around you and you're just grasping for all of them. Yeah, no, I guess I, it feels like there's more to talk about in the movie, but now that I'm thinking about it, I can't think of what that more is. Um, you know, there's, there, we yeah, I feel the about same. Polka dot man. We could have talked about Peter Capaldi's character, the thinker. Um, you know, there are a few other things to talk about, but, but at this point, you know, I don't know that it's going to be other, anything other than us just being like, yeah, that was cool. Yeah. Same. I liked when he puked polka dots. It was neat. Yeah. I like when he kills his mother. Oh, I was so, <laughs> I was so sad at the end whenever he was like, I'm a superhero. And then he just dies. Uh, uh, that, that was sad. That I did so like when, when he saw Starro as his mom. That was pretty funny. Yeah, I don't know why he went for the leg, but, you know, whatever. All right. He just did. 
Um, if you want to see it, you can still see it in theaters, um, and you can check it out on HBO Max. Uh, like we said, I'm sure it's probably going to be available to rent soon on any kind of streaming service. Uh, so check it out. It's, yeah. it's definitely worth a watch, and it's one of the better better DC offerings as of late. Um, so we're going to get out of here. Thank you for listening to us. Uh, rate and review us on iTunes, all that good shit. And uh, next time we're going to talk about Cruella. Woo! Yeah! Yeah. All right. Thanks. Bye. Bye.